Welcome to Timely Wisdom with Drs. Silas Bradford, Sarita Wright, Brenda Wallace, Carolyn Carlisle, and I am Denise C. Burns. You can watch us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Today our guest is Bishop Julia Whitehurst Wade, Master Builder. This was recorded on November 2nd, 2021. Women. And the woman I'm about to introduce today is one who made a point of welcoming and covering me while I was in Orlando. And I'm very blessed by that because we often know when we talk about tension between pastors or leaders, um, that was not the case. And, I'm, and I remain eternally grateful um, for her kindness and her sense of grace uh, toward me and the ministry uh, while I was in Orlando. And so today I'm very pleased to present uh, Julia uh, Whitehurst Wade. Um, she serves as the founder and senior le leader of the many ministries of the New Covenant Perfecting Ministries. She is the founder and chief executive administrator of the Tri-L Christian Academy, a community Christian school serving prep three to eighth grades. Um, she is also the founding apostolic leader of the Perfecting Covenant Prevailing Connection, which she serves as the presiding prelate. Um, Pastor Wade was ordained as a gospel minister at Tyler Crusades in August of 1978, y'all. Mm. Also, she was an ordained assistant pastor at Miracle Temple Full Gospel Church under the under Dr. A.M. Hardiman in uh, 1981. After acknowledging her call to ministry, she pursued ministerial training um, at the International Seminary. She has honorable mentions, which include the Bi Bachelor of Bible Subjects, Teacher Certificate, Masters of Ministry, Honorary Doctor of Divinity, and Doctor of Ministry. She was ordained and affirmed as apostle by Apostle Richard D. Hinton in May of 1989. She was consecrated bishop by the International Communion of Charismatic Churches by Archbishop Benson Itahosa in February of 1995. And her, elevating to, her elevation to presiding bishop, a perfecting covenant prevailing connection came October of 95. She became a member of the Joint College of Bishops under the tutelage of Bishop J. Delano Ellis II, who was a presiding prelate in 2003. And further, she is the recipient of apostolic succession in 2005. She's also the recipient of honorary doctor of divinity from Christ United Theological in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, she is an alumnus of the Harvard School of Divinity Summer Leadership Institute in 2003. She is the loving wife of overseer Andrew T. Wade, who stands beside her in all areas of ministry. She delights in being the very proud mother of her two children who have served in ministry with her, pastors Paris Taylor and Debrita D. Taylor. She bears the adage to say, may the work I've done speak for me. If I be not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, for the seal of my apostleship are ye in the Lord. And so you all, um, please welcome uh, my spiritual mother and covering, um, Bishop uh, Julia Whitehurst Wade. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you. Nice to have you. Thank you. Thank you, Bishop Wade, um, for being with us on today. I have uh, this opening question, and I believe it was Dr. Bradford who um, really has pushed it most, and it has been um, so good for us. We'd like to start with asking the question, how have you been in these here COVID streets? <laughs> well, that's a great question. Oh, probably when I realized that the pandemic was not passing as quickly as it came. And right here in Central Florida and Orange County, you know, we're the vacation capital of the world, Disney, uh, Universal, everybody that wants to go on vacation at some time is going to try to come into Orlando. And so our numbers were consistently high. And the first couple of months, it was okay. Just go home and wait it out. But you can't wait it out forever. And I realized it had to come back and oh, be about what I am assigned to do. And I was a wise woman. I am a wise woman. <laughs> I want to make that statement um, unashamedly. I put that out there for myself. I put on masks. Others were not wearing masks. <laughs> I only went to the necessary places when others were everywhere trying the pandemic and trying COVID-19. I didn't have to have that experience. So I, mm. I didn't do that. Uh, we kept the ministry open with uh, essential workers. We were in and out as it was necessary. And to the uh, great faithfulness of God, who is our father, I have been well. I have uh, not suffered um, any adverse reactions to my health. And I believe it is because I have followed the wisdom that's not a man, but that comes from God. And here I am today with you uh, alive and well. And that's what I've done in this COVID season. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, thank you. I believe our next question is a question that actually comes from Dr. Wallace. Um, Dr. Wallace. Okay, so uh, Bishop uh, Wade, we want to know why do you think many are still disagreeable about women preachers and how did you navigate that journey back in 1978? My, my, my. They won't even, we, ooh, I can't even imagine what that might have been. Well, thank you so much. It is, it is just a joy to be with you, my sisters. I already know that we've got kindred spirits. We are enjoying it. And I've said over the years, when this is no longer fun, I'm not going to do this. I, I don't have to not have fun when I'm doing the right thing. That's right. And so, yes, I was a member I'm a church woman because I was a church child. I was a church teenager. All my life, I've been church. My mother carried me to church when uh, other women were not bringing their little girls. So I knew how to behave myself in my church unashamedly. I grew up uh, in the Missionary Baptist Church. And so I did what my church allowed me to do. I did what my pastor assigned me to do. I didn't know anything else. So I wasn't looking for anything else. 
And uh, my pastor said to me once, he said, I need to talk to you, girl. He says, I got to tell you, there's a preacher inside of you, and I don't need you to do it any sooner than you have to. And I didn't know what that meant. I was teaching Sunday school. I was doing everything that I was assigned to do. And so ministry came smoothly for me when I realized that I had to move to the next place in ministry. I knew not to fight my home. I knew not to go against the grains of my church. And that is the time that I became uh, a member at a full gospel uh, church. And I was chosen by that doctor, by that pastor, Dr. Hardiman, who's now in the church triumphant, to come into the leadership uh, team. And at that time, I was also enrolled now uh, into Tyler Crusades that later became International Seminary. Because one thing I knew, I didn't need to dumb down ministry. Sometimes, my, my dear sisters, uh, we go to church and we can become more there than we can anywhere because it's by the move of the Spirit. Spirit told me to do that. Well, Spirit told me to obey. And because I, I did not pose a threat in my time, in my town for seven years, Dr. Burns was in my town with me. I, I was not a, a problem to the male pastors in the city. I, I didn't have a towel across my shoulder and, and I didn't do man kind of things as a female. And so the church of Orlando knew they had reared me up. And I know this is a bit different from many women's stories. I wasn't bashed. And when the Lord said that it was time for my three-year-old Bible study to become a church, the thing that I knew not to do, uh, Dr. Wallace, was I knew not to name that church Baptist. Because if I was going to name the church Baptist, after having been in the church all of my life, I would have needed my pastor and my church to release me with a blessing and send me out. And so we never had a denominational name connected to the church. I have worked in my town uh, since ministry has begun in me being the senior leader. And that would have been Thursday, March 22nd, 1984, which now is 37 years. At the same time, our community Christian school uh, serves all denominations. We didn't put... Uh, we didn't put the school at our church because I wanted it to be a community Christian school and not my church school. And so I avoided the pitfalls that I didn't know would be pitfalls. I just followed Holy Spirit and I have navigated through it. And the Lord has been unusually kind and most gracious to me. He has uh, kept my enemies low. Mm, that's awesome. That is awesome. That Thank is you awesome. so much for allowing me to share. Yeah. It is now 37 years of uh, leadership ministry right here in my town. Wow. I tried to um, fight against the prick in the Baptist church and had to had to leave myself uh, and leave my family. So I that is wisdom. 
knowing who, where you are. And, you know, we couldn't walk across the pulpit in my missionary Baptist church uh, in Daytona Beach, Florida, right? 60 miles from you. Yes. I wish I had known you then. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. But that's wisdom. That's wisdom for the people that are women that are thinking about starting churches. Listen to this wisdom. Listen. Yeah. There's a challenge in the post, though. Um, Sherry, Reverend Sherry Brown Jackson, MDiv, who shares, unfortunately, you don't have to do much not to pose a threat. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Thank yes, you for that. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for that comment. Um, yeah, depending on where you are, you know, it it uh and I think Bishop has shared with us uh in the denominational mm -hmm. churches it could be a problem just to be there. Just I mean be. just to show up. So yeah. and some of us have strong auras that threaten people uh who don't know who they are in God. So yes. I hear I hear I hear that um comment. Yeah um, so so with this um as we continue um with that and this is just profound and in, in you and even talking about how how you would name or you didn't because you understood um, the parameters of um of your denomination. Mm -hmm. uh, this question um what do you suggest persons do um, then when they're looking for a mentor in ministry? Mm. Uh, my sisters, I would suggest, first of all, it's not always popular, but it's necessary, prayer. Mm -hmm. Praying to God about anything, everything, Luke 18, 1 says, and he spake a parable unto them unto this end, saying men are always to pray and not faint. So I think always means what it says, always. Mm -hmm. and, and as long as always is always, then we should be in a mode of prayer. And, and I know that sometimes it's the popularity of a person that you say, well, that's my mentor, that's my mentor. Well, not so. There has to be a personal relationship for you to have a mentor just because you like Reverend Dr. Uh, Brenda Perry Wallace and she doesn't even know who you are. You have no ties with her. I don't think she's your mentor. You, you're just excited about her and that's great. I believe that there needs to be uh, prayer and even wise counsel. There should be someone in your life that can speak wisdom into your life that can give you some points of guidance. What does your mentor need to bring to you? You need to know what you need from that mentor. She's a fine woman. She, she has all of the that's going for her. And I mean, you know, all of that. But is she going to lead you into the God place that you have been given and that assignment can only come from God. It can be confirmed uh, by someone else, how be it you got to know 
what it is in you. And then you don't have to know everything. We don't know everything. So now I'm seeking for someone to help me to know what I don't know. But I believe there ought to be enough in me that I can download into you so that you can know what it is that's in me. And you can help me get where I don't know where to get. And once I am connected to that person who I believe is my God-led uh, mentor, then what is my attitude toward the mentor? What do I want from her? For as much as my mentor is to pour into me, I'm to serve up to my, you, you serve up to where you're going. Mm -hmm. You don't mm -hmm. serve across what? Uh, sir, uh, no. say, say that again. Say, you say more about that. You're going to serve up to where you're going. You, your your buddy is not your mentor. Someone who tells you everything you want to hear, never speaks oh. wisdom. You see, I'm not going to I'm not going to instruct you with all that I have if I can't correct you. Wow. So your mentor should be one who instructs, leads, trains, guides, and corrects. And now that you're going to sew up to her, you're going to sew up to him. Mm. Sow the seed that you want to grow in you, but you got to be careful of the ground you sow it into. As much as your mentor will pour into you, you should be sowing into your mentor. Mm -hmm. Sow your Ooh, time. That, that leads right into our next question about spiritual Hello. growth. How how important is spiritual growth? And I, from what you've already said, prayer, needing correction, and being able to listen. So I, I'm just, um, I, I really want to hear how important is education for spiritual growth? Um, the Apostle Paul writes to his son, Timothy. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 15. I learned this so many years ago. I think I wrote it in the Bible. <laughs> Study to show yourself unto God, a workman needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, some study you are able to do on your own, but your self-study does not take the place of the one that's put in your life to teach you, to pour into you, to train you. Uh, we're going to need to be educated. Don't just let the church be the only place you can go and just make up a lot of stuff. You, you don't have to make your own biscuits. I mean, how, how do you know what the ingredients of gospel biscuits are if no one has taught you? No. So we need to be educated, not just spiritually. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. Well, now if Holy Spirit is the only teacher you need, whatever happened to Ephesians 4.11 and he gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, just take the teacher off if the Holy Spirit is going to do all the teaching to you. So we need, again, we need those mentors to pour into us and education is essential to our spiritual growth. We don't want to grow all over everywhere. We want to grow where we are planted to blossom. Thank you. Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say Bishop. you don't want... Wait, 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 wait. Did you just say well, you don't want to grow all over everywhere? You can't mm. be doing that, Dr. Charles. You know, you can't be going out there like Come that. On. Yeah. 
I, I think they call them spiritual renegades. And, oh, and, yeah. and I can agree with that. And because we have such a magnificent personality. See, I've got enough personality in me to get me where I want to go. And when I get that to get me most of what I went to get. <laughs> me too. I know when to smile. I know when to lift my eyebrows. I know when to drop my head. That that that's my personality, and and it works for me. God saved me from sin. He didn't save me from my personality. He increased my personality, and so I don't need to be all over everywhere. Isaiah the prophet says, "We are trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord." God plants us where He wants us to grow. So you can't get a little bit of this one and a little bit of that one and, and as if it's really yours and then you everywhere doing everything. We're not called to that. I'm done on that, but we're not called to that. We're called. God is a God of specificity. So he calls us specifically to a purpose and an intent of his will. Dr. Charles, you brought me out there like that, but because you know listen it's all about what god is doing through you for the people people need to hear exactly what you are saying so we are excited you can't be everywhere bloom where you are planted yes and bishop yes you'll see with this platform that once you make yourself available to us we're gonna glean from your anointing we're gonna put a demand anointing and get everything we can from you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is a question that's that's uh, been posed and it says, what do you mean by master builder? Can you kind of go into that a little bit and just explain that for us? Do you know what you are? I often say this. My mother is was a wonderful cook. She could make anything uh, without even a recipe, a, a, a dab of this and a pinch of that. I didn't know what a dab was and I didn't know what a pinch was. And, and so cooking was not something that interested me. I came when she called and said, it's time to eat. So if you want to cook, I'm not going to be the one you're looking for. But I knew my mother was a cook. you got to know who you are, and unashamedly, because it is God that works both in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. We are what the purpose of his intent for us is. So when I say master builder, in 1981, I was given the opportunity through Florida Mass Choir to do Bible teaching until it was time for the choir rehearsal. And out of that grew a personal Bible study for three years. And at the end of three years, I never planned to be a pastor. The Lord just turned the Bible study into a church. And, and yes, that's exactly how he did it. Otherwise, I would have been too afraid. You got to remember, I live in my Baptist town. I can't be doing this. And so uh, three years. And then we were in our, we began to buy properties and when the church became a church, Thursday, March 22nd, uh, 1984, Monday, May 7th, 1984, just a few months down, uh, I got the desire of my heart. 
If you do God's will, he'll give you your desire. I always wanted to have a Christian preschool. I didn't want a daycare. I wanted the mothers to take care of their own lap babies. I wanted them to let me have them at the age of teaching and training. Mm -hmm. And so today, the church is 37 years. The school is 37 years. The school is not our church school. It is a community Christian school, and we are fully accredited. The church has remained from the Bible study. The school came by way of the church. And then in 1989, uh, the Lord gave me over into the apostolic order, just leading churches, people, uh, leaders. And so the Reformation was, was established. I like to say born, we are born of God in May, May 19, uh, 1989. So now here's the Bible study. Friday, uh, February the 13th, 1981, the church, Thursday, March 22nd, 1984, the school, May 7th, 1984, the Reformation, Friday, May 19th, 1989. I am ordained an apostle. Well, I grew up, I didn't, I thought all the apostles were in the Bible. Uh, I'll be ever in the succession of God's will for my life. And so then by uh, February 25th, 1995, I, I am now being consecrated by the International Communion of Charismatic Church, uh, Churches. Uh, the most reverend Archbishop Vincent Idahosa from Nigeria was the lead bishop who consecrated me, a little girl out of the Missionary Baptist Church. Everything has remained in God's place. And so I take with my older brother, uh, one of my older brothers that will be the Apostle Paul, when he says, I am a master builder. How do, know I, how do I know I am a master builder? For it is God that worketh in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And all of his works have remained. Yes. My, yes. Stuff, didn't go down, my stuff didn't go down in, in rumbles. It is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Pardon me, ladies. That's the master building. And how powerful that was. She said you know, go down in rumbles. In rumbles. Wait, wait. I ain't taking no rat babies. Wait, no. wait, wait. It didn't go down in rumbles. Let me just say it one more time. It did not go down in rumbles. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, right? I just had to just repeat <laughs> Jesus. But I thought it was so, I, I, I so appreciated how she was talking about the babies and, and, and bringing together the school. It is so important being an educator as well. It is so important that we, we nurture those babies while they're young. And so with that, uh, a next question that I have for you is how do we educate or as we educate our children, how do we successfully educate the parents as well? Because this is a challenging time right now. We've got the homeschooling. We've got the, uh, uh, the, the digital uh, having to do a, a, a visual learning and so forth through uh, um, the computers. So how do we engage those parents as well? to successfully teach our children? I believe when we were going to do this school and I was so excited 
God, you know where I live. You're giving me the desire of my heart. I found out about Pensacola Christian College in Pensacola, Florida. So I got on the Greyhound bus and I rode all night because I wanted that quiet time. And I went to Pensacola Christian College, which is the home of the Abeka uh, Christian uh, curriculum. It is the only curriculum that we've taught. We didn't mix it. We've taught it. And, and so with us having children now coming to us because our school had a strong, uh, positive name in the community, we had children coming to school whose parents, grandparents, were not churchgoers. But they wanted them to come to trial. And it gave us the opportunity to offer ourselves to these parents. Mm -hmm. We weren't offering our church because I didn't want anybody to think we were going to use your children to get you to our church. But I did want you to know we're going to teach these children about Jesus to get you to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so we've always extended ourselves. I mean, we have set up, we didn't call it PTA in the public school, and and I'm a public school um, product, but we call it PTF, Parent Teacher Fellowship. I like that. And even now, on our report card nights. We don't just send report cards home uh, with students. We have a report card night the evening before the report cards go home to next day, inviting parents to come in so we can tell them about this Christian concept that we are teaching their children. We want them to be um, compatible to their children. When we teach children the 26 uh, letters of alphabet by uh a scripture. Mm-hmm. A, all of sin and comes short of the glory of God. Every alphabet has a scripture. Now they go home to their parents and their grannies and their aunties and, and they're saying all of these Bible verses with an alphabet. Mm-hmm. And now we are sparking the interest of parents because we always say to the parent, we are open for you. To, and then we offer vacation Bible school in the summer, inviting our children to come. Uh, but we don't have it up in the day so that we are babysitting. We have it in the evening so families can come. As you're educating these children, it is necessary for us to find a way to educate parents so that our children are not going home fighting the old battle Mm. and they're with us in a new lifestyle. So it is so necessary that we have conversation, that we offer everything we can to parents as we educate their children. Thank you for this time with you. Well, before one of my co-hosts asks the next question, I do want to note that Ruth Settles has commented on, and I want you to know that she is on viewing. <laughs> Dr. Vanessa J. Burns, you know, Sister Ruth Settles, uh, who is Carter Tabernacle, C-M-E, all the way through. We have been friends from the fourth grade. At Holden Street Elementary School, which is long, no longer Holden Street 
elementary school. Please let Ruth Settles know. Her girl said, we out here like this. <laughs> she said, we down like two flat tires. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for letting me know she's there, Dr. Burns. I love it. Absolutely. I love it. I, I do I do have a question. I want to know um burnout is real. What do you do to remain relevant and practical and still keep your church moving forward effectively? Thank you, my friend. Burnout is very real. I don't want to be burnt out. Hmm. I don't have to have every experience that everyone has. I know that there are those who have experienced burnout. I don't need it. I'll take your word on it. So we have a team. Everything that we do at the church, at the school, at the Reformation, I don't do anything alone. Oh, my media ministry man is here. Oh, my daughter, who is pastoral in ministry, is here now. The workload should be shared. You aren't going to get any more from God because you did it all. He did not give one to perfect the saints. To edify the body of Christ. Jesus gave five. His one mantle. He just put it in five parts. Because he wasn't going to work them. As he had worked. Everything that he did. He gave a portion of it. To a team. You're going to have to. Pace yourself. You're going to have to know. What God has put you in this place and mm. why he has put others with you. When you delegate authority, you can't just delegate responsibility with responsibility. You just can't make me work and don't give me any authority. Wait, 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 wait. Because wait, wait. the folks <laughs> in the back need to hear this. Take us slowly and say that one more time. If you are going to delegate responsibility, then you're going to have to delegate some authority to the same person. Mm. This I'll just throw this in there because I just love being with you. My son is our uh, lead pastor here at the church. And he used to say, um, Bishop, I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, put me in charge of being the one that put other people to work. Think about that. Put me in charge. In other words, I don't want to do any work, but the work got to be done. So give me the right of way for me to tell them what to do. What you <laughs> I told you, when it's not fun, I'm going to leave it. But we <laughs> We always knew that we had to do everything together. 
once you're burned out, you don't just come back. I have seen burned out in so many of my colleagues. Dr. Burns, I know you are the host, so you can't share with me, for me, but you know me well enough to know. I plan to be here a long time. I plan to be totally alert and effective a long time. And I plan never to look like what I've been through. So I'm not about to take on what I don't have to take on. Mm -hmm. When you know the scope of the ministry, then you know that you're not there to do it all. So leaders, please trust the God in the God people. That is God in me. There's God in you. And we are God women. So trust the God in me. Give me an assignment after you prayed about it. And the same spirit that told you to give me the assignment will tell you to give me the authority so that it's lessening your burden. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm tickled. I'm tickled. <laughs> I'm done. We don't have to be burned out to prove how wonderful we are. Watch out over here. <laughs> Let us not do that. <laughs> Listen, Bishop. I mean, the people needed to hear this. And I got this question several times and I said, well, today is going to be a great day to ask that question because you have so many ministries and ministers and pastors and leaders who are just working to their, themselves to the bone because they don't have the work or have the, um, the people to help them. But you have shared with us that there are people who are willing to help. We just have to give them the authority to do it. That's if it. I can quickly say, train whomever you have around them, around you, begin to train them. Come on. Don't look at what they don't know. Look at what you want them to know. Mm. And and then delegate. Yeah. I, I delegate. Please do not look at what you think that person that God knows whom he has given you. Yes, Lord. And as surely as he's given you the person and he's given you the ministry, then you should be able to give of you what's in you to that person. Don't don't burn out thinking it's a requirement of God. It's not. It's not. You said, see, I'm I'm just going to regurgitate some of the stuff you just said. Is that all right? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. You said, (laughs) I am going to be here a very long time. I am not going to look like what I've been through. Mm -hmm. And what I want Mm -hmm. my my co-host to do is look in the camera and look how beautiful you are and smile. Absolutely. Because let me share something with you. The Lord says we are, we have too much to do to burn out. Mm -hmm. Come on, Bishop Wade. Come on, Bishop Wade. It has blessed Mm -hmm. my soul today. We don't have the opportunity to burn out because we got too much to do. No, no. Oh, 
Thank you, Lord. I am so full. I am so, so full. And I just, I, I'm, I just need to say, Bishop, I really appreciate your demeanor. I appreciate, ooh, hallelujah. I just appreciate how you share wisdom. And you share it in a way that it can be received by the doubters. So I, I'm just grateful. I'm so grateful for you to be here today. You you got you 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 been down with the little folk down with the little babies that you say you ain't gonna deal with them diapers, but you got that preschool, but you also have been at Harvard. So from the from the lowest to the highest. Thank you. Just share with us what the leader what your leadership project was at Harvard. Getting to Harvard was such a godsend. In the spring of 2003, I received a letter. Then I received, I received a phone call asking if I had heard of Harvard School of Divinity's Summer Leadership Institute. And I said, yes. Have you ever considered attending? I said, I'm interested right now. You call me and you mentioned this to me. Do you think I'm going to say no? <laughs> How slow do you think I am? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And he said, if you were offered a scholarship uh, for the Leadership Institute, in June, would you attend? I said, most assuredly, I would. Amen. The very next week, I received a letter of invite. Scholarship. May I say this with all humbleness of spirit, but the high truth of the matter is mm. attending Harvard School of Divinity Summer Leadership Institute costs a lot of money. And it does. A lot of money. You were not next door to Harvard. You were at Harvard. Mm. And the only thing that was required of me was, can you afford your travel? Absolutely. Absolutely. We got there. And once we were introduced, I actually left home on Father's Day. The blessing was I had just had a laser eye surgery. And so I had to have these patches changed and so I, I see you have not because you asked not once they wanted me then I thought well all right I said I understand that no one can come with me however I've had this and my husband would be a great asset to me because he could take care of my night treatments and my very early morning treatments and you would never see him I said is that possible you've already told me you want me mm -hmm. come on Don't ask for something before you find out how much they want you mm -hmm. and I got a call that same afternoon saying granted so we headed out to Harvard mm. 
it was such an exciting uh, institute because it's all about community development. We never saw a Hammond B-12. We never saw a guitar that was wrong. Come on now. It was not there. Mm -hmm. Harvard School of Divinity Summer Leadership Institute. Mm. We had renowned speakers from all over. And we had this one African-American gentleman from Detroit, Michigan, uh, who was a high up at General Motors. I was asked to present my project. My project was a community uh, mentorship for African-American children. And the name of our project here at the church was So Sad, Save Our Sons and Daughters. Mm, My God. And I presented in the 10 a.m., session and uh, by the time we were out Carnell West Carnell West was going to be our evening speaker and just before we came back into the assembly I was pulled aside and said we want to let you know that your project has uh, been accepted as the second highest project that so we accept three projects for our uh, institute awards Hmm. My sisters, that was high honor. You got to remember, I've got a Christian school back here. Mm-hmm. But it's not in the same town as our church. So to mm-hmm. touch the life of our children and our community, we developed through our community uh, development corporation. So sad. And I was led to present it. I presented it, and then they asked me to submit all of the workings of So Sad. And that is what we left with Harvard School of Divinity Summer Leadership Institute 2003. I just want to say this, and again, I don't want to act like I'm trying to say it. I'm prepared to say it. I am a master builder. (laughs) But I need you to know it. Yes. I need that to be known. If you are a master cosmetologist, you would want everybody to know. Do something with your hair. Mm -hmm. I've got organic hair. You know, I'm I have an accessory to help me. But beneath, I've got organic hair. It just comes up out of the scalp, nothing cut. Mm -hmm. So you got to be strong to do something with this hair. I see you, Dr. Bradford. (laughs) Always. And there is a master cosmetologist who tells me all the time, I just want to do this for you. And so I started going to her. Why? She presented herself a master cosmetologist to make $35 off of a hairdo. Do you not think 
for the life of children that I'm not going to tell you again mm. that I am a master builder, mm-hmm. building lives to the mm. glory of God. Thank you. Mm. You mm. have helped somebody today because mm. you speak, you're speaking who you are, not just speaking, but you're doing who you are. And the folk need to hear, hear what you're saying. You are who God says you are. And you are doing what God tells you to do. This, ooh, thank you, Bishop, Bishop Wade. This is blessing my soul. Mm. You have blessed us tremendously today, um, Bishop Wade, as we prepare to close out this hour with you. Um, what are some closing thoughts that you have that you'd like to give us on today? I would like for you to allow me as representative of the Most High God, to speak blessings mm. over your life and into your being. Mm. God has appointed you to serve him in this kingdom space. Not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. But in this kingdom world space, in this marketplace, you are women of high intelligence. You are women of exacting grace. And what you are doing in timely wisdom is God ordained. It is God purposed. And as a representative of the most high God, you are my sisters. And I speak eternal purpose into your hearing. Do this for us. There are women who have not seen this. There are women who really believe women just can't do it together. Yes, you are. You're changing lives. And because I am his representative, I am on call to always speak for my sponsor. Keep doing this just like this. Keep being you just like you. God wants to do him in you. Let him do it right where you are. Now, thank you for allowing me. What I would say uh, right now in this pandemic, the pandemic has not been kind to any of us, yet God has held us safe. Pandemic has not been our friend, but God is a father and he has kept us he has held all our being absolute sway. He didn't let us fall out of place. He kept us in the place. Everything God has said, he's going to do it. He exalts his word above his name. We are chosen to serve this present age. 
Come on, Missionary Baptist, our calling to fulfill. Oh, may all our power engage just to do our master's will. This is the will of God. And you are doing it, and you are doing it strong. So may I submit to us that if we travel well together, we will finish strong together. I will tell of this great experience that you have afforded me this day. I will remember you by your name and I will speak your name into the atmosphere that not only for women, but with women, you come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Continue to promote what you are doing as unto the Lord. Dr. Burns, Dr. Wright, Dr. Wallace, Dr. Bradford, you have enriched my life. You have increased my bounty. The Lord bless and bless you real good. Thank you. Wow. 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 Thank you, Bishop Wade. Hang, hang on for us. Wow. Yes. My God. My God, my God, what a okay. powerful, powerful, powerful. Wow. I don't know if you just say amen and amen or what you said. Wow. Thank you. Laura. Thank you. I receive it all. Amen. Wow. You said um, thank you, viewers, for uh, being with us today. We, uh, we are speechless, um, Dr. Brad, who, who's- Yeah, uh, next, our, next our, next our, yeah. <laughs> Okay, Dr. Ann Lambert-Johnson will be with us on next week. Um, same, timely, same Timely Wisdom time, same Timely Wisdom page. We'll see you next, next week. Love you, and there's nothing that you'll ever be able to do about it. Amen. Wow. Wow. Amen. Amen. Amen.